0: Happy New Year, and welcome to the Impact Alumni Podcast for January of 2010. I'm your host, Paul Clifford. Uh, I've been, I'm the president and CEO of the East Carolina Alumni Association, and now we are entering the second year of this podcast. For those of you who have listened before, we uh, took somewhat of a, a hiatus off uh, last episode posted in July of 2009. I apologize for that, but we are going to make a more concerted effort to get the podcast out on a consistent, at least monthly basis uh, here. And uh, we're doing that with the help of our friends at uh, Pirate Radio 1250 and 930, a local radio station right here in Greenville, North Carolina. They're going to add some quality to the production of this podcast. Well, today we're going to talk about, um alumni chapters. And in particular, are alumni chapters still an effective way to deliver program services and communications to alumni? And you know, that's that's debated. I I'm gonna talk about five realities that we all face um, for those of us who have to deliver regional programs to alumni. Um, But there are many benefits to having a strong regional presence, uh, not only for our alumni programs, but for the development office, for university marketing, for legislative affairs, for the folks over in the admissions office. And so... Having a strong regional presence uh, continues to be an important component of alumni programming. How we deliver it and what our model is uh, has shifted over the years based on some of the realities I'm going to talk about. And let's jump right into that. The, the first reality uh, that we are facing in delivering programs to alumni regionally is that people need and want face-to-face events and networking opportunities. I think in this day and age of social networking and all the ways that we can connect to each other on the Internet, I, I think it's important to keep and it's important to not lose sight that... Our alumni still want to connect with each other at face-to-face events. Nothing's, uh, at least for, for the time being that we see, is ever going to replace uh, true face-to-face networking with both uh, alumni and uh, delivering the institution and bringing the institution to our alumni on a regional basis. So that's the first reality. People need and want face-to-face events and networking opportunities. The second reality is generational trends. You know, I believe that traditional chapter programs have been stifled by the changing motivation of our volunteers. Understanding generational trends will help you attract volunteers and event participants. And, and what I mean by this is that the traditional chapter programs were built by baby boomers. Uh, the chief architects, they were the chief architects of building these elaborate organizations that met on a monthly basis and uh, had committees and all of that type of stuff. Well, when the next generation of entry-level volunteers, namely the the Gen X and Gen Yers, um, started to express interest in getting involved. Running a huge operation was not at the the top of the priority list in terms of the volunteer motivations for those generations. And so I think that the changing generations of the entry-level volunteers has, has impacted the effectiveness of the traditional alumni chapter model. Number three, the third reality that we all face is access to information, and and namely the Internet. I think the Internet obviously has changed the way information is transmitted. Fifteen, twenty years ago, people got together at a chapter event um, and chapter events and a couple meetings each time of year to get information about their alma mater. They'd read the magazine, and that's how they got their information about what was going on on campus. Well, now in the day and age of, you know, 24-hour news cycles and and uh, websites that are, you know, content rich and have a lot of information uh, about what's going on at the institution to message boards and uh, especially those related to athletics. People have access to more information about our institutions than at any other point um, that they've had in, in history. And so access to information um, has kind of, it's kind of changed why people want to come out to regional chapter events. They, they still, like I said in the first reality, they want to get together at face to face events, but the why they want to do that is now different. Uh, they don't necessarily need somebody from campus to come and talk to them about what's going on, uh, If it's just a regurgitation event, something that they can find on the uh, on the Internet. And so they are looking when they show up for events and and it'll determine whether they show up for future events. um, What kind of value you're delivering or what kind of behind the scenes kind of access or information or um, exposure to the institution are you providing to them? I think the fourth reality that we face as uh, alumni professionals who look to deliver regional programs is accountability. Accountability is an important, it's an important factor in the value your alumni program adds to your institution. Um, We have programmatic accountability, which ensures the diversity of the programs, meaning are you just doing game watches or things that are focused on athletics, or are you delivering a diverse array of offerings for your alumni to participate in based on their interests, whether it's recruiting students or networking with other alumni or professional development type of activities. Um, You want to make sure um, that the events that you deliver on a regional basis um, speak to the broad interests of the alumni that you're serving. There's also financial accountability um, and and the need to protect limited resources that we have available to our organizations and at the same time uh, to protect our nonprofit status. And so I, I kind of asked the rhetorical question, who's more accountable, staff or volunteers? Uh, you know, obviously the answer is you, you – we are in a position to hold staff more accountable, uh, both for financial, uh, financial accountability and programmatic accountability in terms of delivering programs. Uh, and so, it, depending on how, uh, the, the amount of weight that you place on, uh, this reality or that you place on accountability will really determine, um, whether your, how your program and how your regional chapter is driven. Obviously, if you are, like we are at East Carolina, interested in uh, making sure that programs get delivered in a in a cost effective way um, that still utilizes volunteers but really puts the emphasis on our staff member then you would kind of mimic the model that we have at East Carolina where we task one of our staff members to deliver fifty three uh, unique programs to our thirty three regional areas that are critical to east carolina's success. Um, the programs that they deliver have to again, be diverse, have to be. Um, have to keep in mind the limited resources that we have. And at the end of the day or the end of the year, I can then, you know, evaluate a staff member accordingly based on uh, the types of events and the success that we have had um, in delivering those events to those areas. Uh, um, the more traditional model is a little more difficult to hold the volunteers accountable because they are uh, – they are volunteers. Uh, we we don't um, we have to have some standards and expectations and, and hold our volunteers to that. But at the end of the day, they are um, that I don't think that we can hold them as accountable as we can professional staff members. And then the fifth reality is creativity beyond case, um, and and those of you who are involved in the profession understand that case is the Council for the Advancement and Support of Education. But I'm using the word case here um, in in the, the copy and steal everything uh, mode. If if generations are shifting, and access to information has um, given our alumni. More information than they've ever had about the institution. Then I think we need to be more creative than copying and stealing what other people are doing. Because our biggest competitors are time, family, work, we must be more creative than ev- ever with program design, marketing, communications, and service delivery. We must go beyond the copy and steal everything mode of thinking to achieve this. We, in, in essence, must become our own new best practices for the next generation of alumni programming. And I, I know that's that's a lot of information to kind of take in and think about uh, in this one podcast, but these are the kind of things that I'm I'm thinking about when I think about some of the challenges that we face in delivering programs to our alumni. Uh, I'd be interested to hear what, what you think. Send us feedback and connect to the show. Visit our website at alumnipodcast.com for past episodes of the show. You can also send us email if there's a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode. You can send that email directly to me at paul.clifford at alumnipodcast.com. You can also subscribe to the Alumni Podcast on the iTunes Music Store or just visit pod alumnipodcast.com to subscribe. Uh, Again, follow the show. You can follow us by becoming a fan on Facebook, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. Uh, Get involved in the conversation on one of these social media sites, and you can find links to all of our social media presences on alumnipodcast.com. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, send me feedback, and we will talk to you next month. Take care.